Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Riverfront. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Nate Dotson. He's Bill Lack. How are you guys doing today? Great. Chad, great. Glad to be here. Hopefully, we can, uh, you know, try to have some fun in what has been a pretty unfun week since we last spoke. That's the idea. We're going to try to have some fun here tonight because what do you, you just have to laugh, right? This is episode 420 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. And I will say this. Um, we should have recorded it this week on 420, but we didn't. So um, sorry about that. We didn't think far enough ahead. But I know that's your favorite holiday, Nate, right? Uh, 420? Listen, I'm a God-fearing man. <laughs> exactly. Well, All right. I should make the argument that that's the only way you can stand to watch this team. <laughs> you may have to partake in some uh, illicit substances, uh, no longer Herbal illegal in most places. Medication. Yeah. Well, all right. So we are resolved to try to have fun today, right, guys? Woohoo! <laughs> We're going to try to laugh and uh, because that's all you can do. Like I said, the Reds are not good. Um, we did, we knew they weren't going to be good. They are worse so far than we thought they were going to be. And since we talked to you last, and I guess uh, we'll run down what happened. Oh, if you want to know, the Reds have now lost nine consecutive games. They were swept in a brief two-game series uh, with against the Cleveland Guardians. We talked about that last week on the show. But since then, the Reds have not won a single game. They were swept in a four-game uh, series by the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles. And then the San Diego Padres in a three-game sweep. But now the Reds will be returning home to face the St. Louis Cardinals and Padres. It's nine straight losses. It's 11 of their last 12. It is also, I think, uh, interestingly enough, nine consecutive losses since Phil Castellini opened his big mouth and threatened Reds fans with moving the team. I mean, you know, we don't want the Reds to lose. We cheer for them to win every night. But is there some kind of cosmic justice being uh, meted out on Phil Castellini here today I mean, it was, or the last couple of weeks? And why do we have to suffer because of it? Bill, I'll, I'll ask you what you think here. I, and they they haven't even had a one-run ball game in those nine games, I don't think. Uh, and they went like 52 innings without having a, a lead. Um, two things that, that came to mind, when, especially you brought up our buddy Phil Castellini, the uh, the Cincinnati Cyclones and the Florence Yalls are, are making hay off of his comments. Um, they both used him in marketing campaigns in the last couple of weeks, you know, in the last week or so, trying to draw people in. And, and the Cyclones did, and they had a, a like a ten thousand person crowd last last I think it was last Friday night. It was also Dollar Beer Night, I think. Um, I guess my question to you guys is: Do you think Bell's in any danger yet? Nate, you want to take it? I mean, I, I don't necessarily think he should be, but I right. think he is. I think anytime you see uh, situations like this, anything they can do to sort of have something grab the headlines, get the attention away from the front office, uh, find that scapegoat. Look at the, the Lakers just did it with Frank Bogle. He was not the problem with that team. David Bell's not the problem with this team. There's nothing he can work with, but I, I have to think that uh, you have to do something, and they're not going to put – themselves in front of the camera, in front of the firing line. So, and, and this, is, this is kind of the situation when they fired Brian Price a couple of years ago. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to sit here and make an argument that, that David Bell is the greatest manager on earth. We have documented his uh, his flaws um, quite a bit on this show uh, because we tell you the truth always. Um, and when we do it, I point at you if you're watching on YouTube. By the way, smash that like button, the subscribe button, all that. Um, 
But uh, so, so you can't really blame this start on, on David Bell. But a thing, couple things I'll say. Number one, as we've said before, the Reds have basically uh, always, with maybe one exception under David Bell, underperformed expectations. Okay, not by a lot, maybe, but they have always done that. So if you're going to tell me he's a great manager in the clubhouse, then you're going to have to show me your receipts because it's not shown on the field. Um, has he done anything to get fired? I don't think so, really. I mean, the, the traditional, um, you know, uh, metrics for firing someone. What can you point to to say that he that this is all his fault? You can't. We know whose fault all this is. And so um, with with those things kind of underlying this, I think the the answer to your question, Bill, is that yeah, I think he his his seat may not be. It's warm now. It's not really hot. I don't think it's going to happen this week or next. But I do think at some point. Uh, it, before this season gets too far along, if the Reds don't make some kind of big dramatic comeback, he's just an easy scapegoat to distract attention from Castellini and Castellini and Crawl. Um, you know the uh, the triumvirate of triumvirate of uh, you know uh, Nate would call them turds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the knucklehead um, triad. There can we you, go. So can you imagine they, like spending your entire career like working your way up? Through the ranks, your 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 goal is to be a major league head coach, and then you get the phone call from from Bob or Phil or Nick, being like, "This is your chance. You got it. We need a manager. It's your time to shine." I think I would just hang up. Like, oh, sorry, I get the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, there are only thirty of these jobs available, so someone will take it. They'll find someone to take it. But and it's kind of like like the conversation the Bill I've had about Nick Crawl in the past. You know. Uh, if, if crawl had any self-respect, Bill says he would have told him to take a hike. And there's some merit maybe to that conversation. Uh, I don't think Dick Williams did. Dick Williams did. Dick Williams did. And I don't think any, um, any general manager candidate or manager candidate that, you know, was serious about trying to build a real career is going to want to jump into this, um, because it's a mess and there's no, it's a no win situation for Nick crawl. Even if Nick crawl was the best general manager on earth, it's a no win situation for uh, whoever the next manager will be. And it is for David Bell. You know, if you give David Bell a great roster, maybe he, I, th- I think he's just like every, most every other manager. He's well, just and, mediocre. And, and, and we, we've talked about this in the past. How good a manager you are, is so, it doesn't have anything to do with you. I mean, Joe Torrey didn't turn into a great manager. You know, he wasn't a terrible manager in Atlanta and a great manager at the Yankees. The talent had a lot to do with how good, you know, about winning. I, to, to say that, that a guy's a great manager, and on, and you can't be a great manager on a terrible ball club. Like, there's no way to prove that you're a great manager on a terrible ball club. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I want to go back to what something Bill mentioned a moment ago. Where y'all's gonna go? The Florence y'all's are saying. I think that that is just brilliant, and I'm really interested to see uh, a friend of the podcast. I guess you would say. Uh, Phil Razor on Twitter says uh, uh, he, he pointed to the Oakland A's attendance today, which was 2,703. <laughs> the attendance was 2,703, lowest since 1980. And he said, hey, Reds fans, we have a goal. How old my beer? <laughs> yeah, right. So I think that's the question that I w- would ask is how much is attendance going to be affected? Do you think attendance will be affected this weekend by the uh, Phil Castellini comments? Um, or is it just going to be another situation where you're going to get people? It's a, maybe a nice weekend, and it's generally a baseball game. I've been to three baseball games the last week. It's fun to go hang out at a ball yard. Um, I've not been to see a Cincinnati Reds game. But, Nate, I'll ask you first. Do you think attendance is actually going to be affected this weekend, and should it be? 
um, affected? I will say yes. I don't know how much. Like you said, it uh, looks like it might be some nice weather. Um, Hunter Green is going to fish this weekend. That's going to get some people out there. I see them already. Uh, somebody came down and tapped him on the shoulder and asked him if he wouldn't mind throwing out a tweet asking for people to come. Um, and then looks like they've got they got some bingles thrown out the ceremonial first pitches, which is going to help. And also, you know, we have our, our stance, and a lot of people seem to uh, be going along with it. But if you want to go out and watch baseball, Joey Votto only has so many seasons left. Like, we're not saying don't do it. But, yeah, I think there's going to be at least some effect. There has to be. Too many people have jumped on board now for there to be uh, you know, no, no influence at all. I agree. What do you think, Bill? You've been going down to the ballpark uh, for many years. And, and and I went last year a few times. Mostly, I don't I don't think I ever bought tickets. People you know gave me tickets, or I went you know on somebody else's dime. It was funny because you brought this up because that was in my notes that, that, that I wondered what the average attendance for this six game homestand will be. And I, and I think the only way to compare it to, to, to tell anything is maybe to compare it to last year to the first homestand. Uh, but like like you guys have both said, the weather is supposed to be really good this weekend, seventies uh, and eighties. You got Hunter Green pitching. They're going to, you know, so, and, and it may be dramatically different game to game. I mean, the Hunter Green game will be the spike. It'll be interesting to see what, what the other days are. Well, I mean, right, yeah. So, wait, wait, wait till, you know, the Reds are 30 and 62 or something. And tell me what the numbers are then. Right in the middle yeah. of the year, we don't have, any, don't have anything to play for. Well, in, 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 the, in the early season, you know, Ooh, it's baseball season. Those people are gone. You know, but when you get into those the dog days of July and August, and then you you know, and like you said, when the teams you know won thirty games, it'll be interesting to see. I, it, this does not look like a you know. Everybody was saying, oh, they could hover around five hundred or maybe just a little bit below. This doesn't even look like a seventy win team to me. Well, you're all talking about you know maybe later in the year the attendance won't be great. I think it's I think you're both correct about that. But I guess my question, my my thoughts here are now's the time to make a statement if Reds fans are going to make a statement. And and that's my, that's my question. We, we've, we've trolled them with the billboard. We, in a minute, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, maybe the next troll job. I don't know what's going to happen. But um, it, Reds, uh, this moment with Phil Castellini opening his mouth and telling the truth for once really seemed to, uh, you know, kind of connect with a lot of Reds fans that have not, you know, this uh, something we'll, we'll hear a little bit later, but it's it, – we haven't seen that sort of anger, you know, widespread against ownership in the 16 years they've been here. This is the first time for that. And I think some of that is obviously the comments. Some of that is, uh, you know, just selling off all the great players. Some of this is the fact that down the, down, down the road there, the, the, the Bengals had such a great season. And so now, you know, there's a little pressure. I just, I, everyone knows here, because I've said it over and over on this show, I've not been to Great American Ballpark since 2019. I'm not going back until – uh, Bob Castellini sells the team. Uh, that's my personal boycott, and I've always said from the beginning, it's my personal boycott. I'm not encouraging anyone else to uh, to join me. Just whatever. You enjoy baseball however you want to enjoy baseball. I'm, I'm going to modify that a little bit to say that I actually am encouraging people to boycott the uh, the, the ball game. Um, now, if you don't because you want to go out to the, the ball yard and you want to drink a beer and hang out with your buddies, go to it. You know, I can't I can't argue with anyone that just wants to do that. I've done it three times in the last week, uh, or a little more than a week. Just go to ball games because it's fun to hang out. One of those was with Nate, and one of them was with one of Nate's brothers. Um, and so, you know, it's and it's fun to just go and hang out. 
That's also my brother, yeah, Bill. If you're trying to figure that out, yeah. Um, we have a we have a, a many many other brothers. It's not just us two, but um, I, I think that Reds fans should. This is the time if we want to make any kind of a uh, you know um, point to ownership more than just trolling them with a billboard. I think Reds fans. That's the only way that they're actually going to get it is just if fans do not show up, and th- this is the reason why. Now, again. I think everyone should do that because that's the stance I'm taking, but I don't blame anyone and I'm not going to get mad at you. If you go to the game and you post your Instagram photos, having a great time at the game, because guess what? Great American ballpark is a great park. I love going to that stadium. I miss that stadium. My wife is seriously uh, upset. not the right word, but she's kind of bummed out that we've not been back. Cause we, you know, we spent so much time there <laughs> for as long as she and I have been together. Um, and our kids have, you know, been in that stadium many, many times. And then, uh, so I, I don't know, you all can, if you, either of you want to, to kind of add on to that, you're certainly welcome to, but I think now's the time if we're ever going to make a statement, this is the time I'm not sure that I see it happening. I, the, the, the tennis may be depressed later in the season cause they're bad, but it's always depressed. I don't know if it'd be any worse than it usually is. I guess is the way I'd say it. The, the, it's interesting that the, how much the media bought in to the anger. Uh, now they some, didn't. Some they didn't and, Not all. Yeah, but people that we weren't expecting to agree with us agreed with us. Now they didn't stay on board long. Sure. Uh, they, you know, I, you get, I don't know whether somebody put their foot on their neck or, you know, they they figured out where where their bread was buttered or, or what. Uh, but they 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 kind of changed their tune pretty quickly, uh, Mister Doherty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Paul Dockerty all of a sudden he, he looked like he was he was actually correct about some things there, and then he kind of changed his tune. But the other thing is, it for the front office, the fact that they had those first couple of games and then went on the road really played well for the front office because it took the heat off of them. You didn't get it nearly as you know as soon as they went on the road, all this talk went away. Uh, right. Even Lance McAllister said he didn't think that. The, the Castellini, Phil Castellini could, could survive this. And you've heard nothing about Phil Castellini in the last week. All you've heard about is how bad the Reds are playing. That's a good point. The, the, the attendance for the game after the Castellini comments, after the home opener was bad, what, 10, 11,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they'd stayed at home and the attendance had still been bad, it, maybe that makes it a, a, a continuing story that they follow up on. Oh, look at this. Reds fans are voting with their wallets. You know, they're voting with their feet. Mm-hmm. And so that's a good point, actually, that maybe that maybe it works to their benefit. It did, I, th- I think. I think it gets back on the front pages if um, attendance is 7,000 on Friday night or, you know, the Saturday game. You know, if it's some something crazy, some crazy number, if it's a really low number, then I think it gets back on um, on, the, on the front pages. But I just – well, it was never on the front page because the Inquirer is uh, partners with the, with the Reds and they refused to cover uh, – most of this, they, 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 they did cover the apology, Phil's apology. That's, I think that's the first time they covered. didn't cover any of the, uh, anything except for the apology, but, um, and I couldn't get him interested in the billboard story for some reason, even though everyone else was. Um, so anyway, but I don't, I don't expect it. I, I don't, I think attendance won't be great, but I don't expect it to be something noticeable. Hey, well, if, you do, if you do go just pregame hard, drink the beers, Fountain Square, you don't need to buy them from Bob. There you go. Wear your sell the team Bob T-shirt if you're going to be there. Yeah, you should be wearing your you know your sell the team T-shirts, and and I think I think there it is. I think the Friday night game will be a big attendance, <laughs> and then I think but I think it'll drop after Friday. 
but the thing is, you also got to remember it's a weekend series and they're playing the Cardinals and and you generally have a lot of Cardinal fans too. So true, true. That might be just as impactful. <laughs> Selling out with Cardinals fans. It's all money yeah. to Bob, though. All, all Bob cares about is selling the ticket. He don't care who he sells it to. That's true, but if there's a significant percentage of the fans that are Cardinals fans, you can tell it when, like, it's a home game for them. Yeah, that, that's that's also a story. Well, and and you know, like when the Cubs fans come down here, I mean, there are games when there's a lot more blue than there is red down there. Right. Oh gosh, I know. I quit going to Cubs games years ago because I couldn't deal with that. Um, here's what I am planning to do at some point, uh, this summer. Uh, and, uh, already talked to the Holy grail about it. We're going to post up at the Holy grail during a game and just hang out there and uh, get, you know, food and drinks and whoever wants to come by can come by and we will, uh, Are we podcasting. Well, that, that maybe. Okay. That's up in the air. That's up in the air, but uh, if so I apologize in advance if we get, uh, overserved. Me too. <laughs> I will say this. I've spoken to a couple of different places about possibly hosting a live podcast, but I wasn't planning on dropping all the details on that yet. So, but, uh, cause I don't have all the details, but we will at some point. All right. So, um, there's, again, there's not a whole lot to talk about, about the actual games this week. And, uh, the fact that I think the Reds went 72 innings, maybe in which they held the lead for two half innings is all they held the lead for. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's something outrageous like that. Like 18 pitches or something. Yeah, it's just – it's you couldn't even make it up uh, how bad they've been. They just – not just bad, but they've just not been in, in the game. And um, so I wanted to talk a little bit before we move on to some of the transactions of the week, the news of the week, and then we got some good questions we want to answer. But uh, evidently we, we, we got a kind of a shout-out on another podcast this week that I wanted to go mention, and we'll play a little bit of the audio from it. Uh, some of you may know if you're golfers, uh, you may know the No Laying Up podcast, and just there, it's a group of guys who um, doing a really good job getting people interested in golf. Uh, you know, just some 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 lifelong friends, I think that uh, are mostly lifelong friends who got together and started to start a podcast, and it became this golf empire. I mean, like they're, they're you know they got the PGA players are coming to talk to them. They're a real media entity at this point. And uh, and they're a lot of fun because there's, there's not the old stu- stuffy, you know, golf uh, coverage. So anyway, uh, one of their and, and I would encourage you to go look. They have a series called Tourist Sauce where they go to, diff- you know, they went to Ireland, they went to Scotland, they went to, you know, Oregon and they play golf course around. There. But, but they cut these videos and they're on YouTube and they're just they're well, well produced and they're just guys having fun. It's fun. But anyway, they have another podcast called the Trap Draw podcast. Here's the I'll put that over top of us. Trap Draw, a golf podcast from no laying up and one of these guys that, that started this company he goes by the name of uh, big randy that's not his real name but uh he goes by the name of big randy and um he's from the cincinnati area big reds fan big bengals fan and uh so they they sometimes give him time to uh to whine about uh about the reds on there because this guy i mean he's passionate and he knows his stuff as well he's not just your average you know uh you know Yahoo. I don't know what you call him, but he's a, he, he knows his stuff. Like anyway, right, exactly, like us. So I'm going to play, and I hope this comes through, but I'm going to play a bit of uh, the conversation they had on today's The Trap Draw podcast where they were talking about the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. There's a billboard, too? Yeah, there, well, so there was a billboard. I, I got to shout out Chad Dodson. Uh, friend of friend of the pod he's, he's got an outfit called the riverfront and they kind of crowdsourced this billboard that went up on i-75 that just said sell the team bob and this was before castellini's comments like this was in response to what they were doing this offseason 
And I think that billboard fed into why Castellini was then asked on opening day, like, hey, obviously we got this billboard in town. Like for the first time in 15 years, now 16 years of owning the Reds, like people are finally getting frustrated to the point where like there's a little heat on ownership. Uh, So I hope the billboard goes back up. I I hope they – Oh, they took it down. Well, it ran for like a limited amount of time. Okay. So I don't know if they have plans to do more billboards or what, but – Definitely would love to keep the heat on ownership because you know what, Randy. Let's do our part. We'll keep the heat on ownership. We'll make this a recurring, okay, recurring uh, subject matter. And, and if the billboard goes back up, we're happy to donate to it. Absolutely, and I appreciate TC giving me space to to rant and rave. This was very cathartic, Randy. So that was the the trap draw, and um, the billboard is still up. Actually, it was it's, it's not it's not down yet, but uh, it's up for a little bit longer. But uh, what do you think, guys? Uh, uh, billboard number two, or as has been suggested, Nate, I want to ask you about this one because it, it, there's been some discussion in the uh, Slack channel. We've priced out a uh, uh, flying a plane around Great American Ballpark for three hours during a game. And, and I like the idea of the message being, where are you going to go, Phil? Yeah, <laughs> you know, something like that. Uh, and it's all just trolling. We're just trolling them at this point, you know. But the, the way to really get something to happen is for nobody to go to the game. But anyway, what do you think, Nate? Should we, should we try something else now that these guys are saying they'll donate to us? I think we uh, we kind of have to. Um, this is all born in the uh, our little Patreon community, and I know that it's got a lot of support there. Um, we did use the Sell the Team Bob t-shirts to help fund a little bit. We also have some Where You Gonna Go Fill t-shirts that are now live on the Riverfront store. Um, I think we should keep the momentum going, and if nothing else, it's fun, and I, I'm here for fun. That's my thing. You know, people are like, oh, you're really angry about, th-. I'm not angry about the Reds. I'm having a blast kind of just, just trolling them. We're just a bunch of yahoos. Like we said, just talking about on a, on a dumb podcast. Why well, we said that. And you know, I, I, we can't take all the credit, but there's no doubt in my mind that our, this campaign that was born and bred here did, did go into, as, as big Randy was saying, go into the reason why he was being asked those questions. And it's just, it's funny to me. It's hilarious that, you know, who are we? We're nobodies. And uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so funny to me. Bill, what do you think? Uh, another billboard, uh, something else. I, I like the idea of flying the plane around the stadium. The only problem with that is if you let them know in advance, they'll have anti-aircraft fire. <laughs> yeah, you're right. May have some, may have it, some I can see up on the roof with his, with his 380. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, I, when we first talked about the billboard, some some people mentioned the the plane. I was like, well, that's that's good, but it's limited, you know, limited in scope. It's just one game, and you know. Um, but now, at this point, after the billboard, it that actually makes a little bit of sense that it's, uh, uh, you know, just because how angry are they going to be sitting there watching, you know, that thing go around over and over, and you know that it's going to be all over social media if anybody's at the game. So anyway, well, we'll have to think about that. They might be the only ones that see it. <laughs> they might be the only ones at the game, right? They sure uh, wouldn't put it on television. <laughs> well, it'll be all over social media, no doubt about it. So we'll, maybe we'll make sure to have some spies in the stadium taking pictures. But anyway, I don't know. We're, we're thinking about what comes next. And, um, you know, we actually have a little bit of money over that we, we raised over and above what we needed for the billboard. I'm going to give a full accounting of that very soon. But um, try, I was hoping to do that this afternoon to get a chance to do it. But So whatever money is left over, we're either going to put it towards this next campaign or we'll figure out charity, something. We'll figure out uh, what to do with it. It's not going. It's not going to any of our pockets, unless you want it, Bill. No. Okay. 
So anyway, let's talk about some of the transactions of the week. And actually, before we get to transactions, can we talk about the rookie pitchers? Um, obviously, we've been talking about Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo this, uh, you know, forever. But um, Hunter Green, two fantastic starts. Lodolo's second start, a lot to like about his, uh, his second start. Uh, but Hunter Green first. You know, I just I, we can go, we can d- do a deep dive into both of his starts if we want, but just the fact that he threw uh, 59 pitches of 100 plus miles an hour in the first 10.1 innings of his career—that is more than four teams have thrown in the entirety of the Statcast tracking era in just his first 10 and one third innings. He in his second start he threw 39 pitches at 100 miles per hour more which is by far the most since they started tracking back in 2008. Jacob deGrom set the previous record. Uh, Hunter Green's 39 pitches. Jacob deGrom was 33 pitches. He has the most record for most 101-plus mile-per-hour mile pitches in a single game, 13, in his second major league start. Now, it's not all about velocity. His slider looks awfully good. Changeup is good. Both those need some work still, and, and, and hitters are going to catch up. And they have caught up with him. Some you can't live on just a fastball, but now when his slider is working, it's looking awfully good, and he's going to do the thing we always talk about. He's going to struggle. My goodness, everything is there. All the tools are there for, to be a superstar, and I could not be happier. I don't care what his ERA is. I could not be happier with Hunter Green's first two starts. Do either of you disagree with that? Not at all. His his presence, his command of the moment. I mean, Jackie Robinson Day. That's in Los Angeles. That was a big deal for him. Um. He, he seems like he's been in the league for years already. I think the only thing he's missing is an awesome nickname. So you guys need to get to work. <laughs> yeah, really. There's got to be something we can – some kind of nickname. What do you think, Bill? What's your what's your impression after two starts? I, I've been as impressed with him as I've ever been with anybody I've ever seen, uh, you know, for this early in their career. Uh, he just – and they, they, they brought it up a number of times on television, as Nate said. His poise is, you know, his the way he handles himself, um, and, and a lot of it they, they credit to his parents that, that he was brought up right, he was brought up with good values, and, and and he sees things, you know, he sees a big picture. He doesn't, you know, see it all being on himself. Uh, I don't know how you can't be very impressed with this young man. I'm, I'm glad you you didn't you you talked about his southern pitches because that's what's impressed me. I mean, it's great that he can hit 100 plus, you know, 39 times or whatever. That's great, but that's kind of like a carnival sideshow. That's that's not what's going to be make him a superstar. What's going to make him a superstar is those secondary pitches, you know. And, and we'll just have to wait and see. And like you said, and we and we've we've said this for ever since we started doing this stuff. Young players struggle, so there's going to be there's going to be a game where he doesn't get out of the second inning, you know. And, and you just got to go, okay, you know, we'll see you again in five days, and and we move on. Uh, if this kid stays healthy and can and and, and continues to develop uh, the sky's the limit yeah again i'm going to echo what you're saying about his poise and how the moment was has never been too big for me and you're like announcers can do keep saying oh he's raised right away i don't ever know what that means it, i guess it means what the announcer said, thinks it means i, I i'm I, I'm I don't, I don't know about that I, all i know is that when he walked on the mound he in his first two games he was facing the last two uh world series champions in their home ballparks one uh, you know they're having a ring ceremony uh, the day before, I guess, but you know, it's a huge crowd celebrating their team winning. The other one, LA, in his hometown with his friends and family there. 
And I'm just telling you, it was just, um, you know, he did say that after the, the, the LA game, when he came out, you know, he kind of uh, teared up a little bit in the dugout, you know, he, he got a little, a little emotional, which you can understand, but you watch him on the mound and you don't really think this is a 22 year old pitcher. No. You know, he looks like, like I said, he's been, been around forever. And, you know, so I kind of credit. I wrote about him uh, for the magazine this week. And um, I, I basically said, look, this is a kid who's on the cover of Sports Illustrated at age 17. So he's had cameras at him his whole life, or not for his whole life, but for a long time. And he's just comfortable with it now. And and, and, and he also shows me something that um, I got a, another piece coming out in the print magazine, Cincinnati Magazine, about Joey Votto uh, soon. And uh, which it's not helping me that Joey's not hitting right, right now. Maybe we'll talk about that. I need the case that I made in the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the piece that I wrote, I need him playing well, or I'm going to look really dumb. Well, I'm going to look really dumb anyway, but um, uh, yeah, right. But Carlos Guevara, who has been on the show before and he's on a late night Reds talk uh, show, which you should all go check out. Um, Cause they have a lot of fun over there, but he said, you know, about Votto in the minor leagues. So he roomed with Joey Votto in the minor leagues. And he said, he said, this is a guy that just knew he was going to be in the major leagues. When the rest of us were working on things, what do we need to do to get to the next level? Joey was trying to pinpoint things that he needed to do to fine-tune his game because he knew he was going to be get to the next level, but he needed to see what he could do to improve so that he could be great on the next level. And you kind of get that sense out of, out of Hunter Green, just that there was never any question in his mind he was going to be in the majors. And so um, when he got there, it's not a surprise. It's not – you know, the, the bright lights uh, for him. And I just, uh, you know, Bill, to hear you say that it's the most impressive you've seen for early in a career, that's saying something. Because, I mean, uh, you've seen a lot of pitchers come through this organization. and uh, Not many good young ones, though. Not many true. good young ones. Uh, and, and I think I sent you a text the, the day the, the first start, and I said, reminds me of Wayne Simpson. Uh, 1970, right? Yeah, 1970. He was 14-1 and one at the All-Star break. Now he was playing, you know, behind the beginnings of the, the big red machine. So that's a little different story. But uh I mean this kid struggled a little more than Simpson did early. I think Simpson threw shutouts in his first two ball games or something like that. But uh it was a different game then too. I mean, was, yeah. But but uh, I want to go into you being raised right thing. I I I want to tell you what it means to me. It, it's the way you handle yourself, especially not only on the field, but off the field. The way you handle yourself with the media, the way you treat people. And you, you have not heard one bad thing about this kid. And the way he handles himself with the media is very is very impressive for a 22-year-old kid. That's that's kind of what the raised right thing means to me. Well, I'm, I'm just hesitant to attribute to raised right rather than to kudos to Hunter Green for being yeah, there. Well, yeah, but you know, we're all a product of our environment. Hey, my parents are wonderful people. Look what happened to Chad. That's true. There you go. Nate wins the argument here. So anyway, let's let's move on to Nicoladolo. One more thing, and this is just me not really probably, I guess, looking at anything. I never realized how big a man he is. He is a big man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he passes the eye test. Yeah. Um, he does. No, he, he, he looks like an absolute star. And you just – if someone – I don't know what the over-under is on how many All-Star games he's going to make, but that dude's going to um, – He's going to be a he's going to be a star if he if he stays healthy. Nicoladolo, I want to talk about Nicoladolo. Nate, do you have some thoughts about Nicoladolo? Second start, I was fairly impressed. I, again, he's he's more the traditional struggle a little bit. Uh, he didn't do good in his, uh, do well in his first outing, but I'm encouraged by him as well. What do you think, Nate? Well, that was kind of the segue I was going to try to make happen right there was that we can talk all day long about these 101 mile an hour pitches. 
But some of the most unhittable pitches I've seen thrown by Red this year have been Nicoladoa's changeup. Yeah, he has looked filthy. Well, that second outing, he uh, he bounced back after um, you know a rough start, got it together, and was kind of unhittable for stretches there. And you, I think we all get a little bit nervous when a when a young guy has that rough first outing, especially when they kind of he lost it the way he did, losing his control for for a day. You know, sort of the thing he hangs his hat on. But then he can't. Came right back, pounded the strike zone, and showed some real flashes. It's fun to watch. Man, like, we're going to be looking for things to get excited about all season long. We got two of them right there. Yeah. And, and I think I like Gutierrez, too. And if he can solve his, his, his control problems, I think he's got good stuff. I think, you know, I'm not saying he's a one or a two, but I think he, he could be a solid three. Um, I like what I see out of him, too. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know. Gutierrez is a guy I never expected much out of. And last year and this year, it's always been, you know what? That, that's solid. That's solid. He's not a star. But, yeah, Lodolo is just, uh, again, it's not as in your face as with Hunter Green. But you can see the makings of an incredible pitcher. You can absolutely see the makings of an incredible pitcher. So, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm excited to watch both those guys uh, going forward. I just I can't uh, can't wait. Um Let's talk about other about transactions for the week because there were a number because uh, <laughs> the Reds at this time have a Major League Baseball leading 13 players on the injured list. Well, it's good and, to be leading in something. I guess. Our buddy Matt Wilkes from Reds Content Plus. Uh, Matt Wilkes says the, the 13 that are on the uh, injured list combined for 14.7 wins above replacement last year. The 28 players on the active roster – Combined for 12.4 wins above replacement. Uh, so it's not just injured list. It's also production out of those guys. So, you know, uh, so just quickly, let's run through. Nixon Zell is back, but Tyler Naquin is on the injured list. Uh, Tyler Stevenson went on the injured list after a, 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 a nasty collision at home plate and possibly a, uh, a dirty a dirty play. I said, are we um, going to talk about that? We can, but let me. Reds call it Mark Kalasvari, I think is how you pronounce it. Jonathan India, Mike Mustakis on the uh, injured list. TJ Friedel, uh, uh, Mike Miner was doing a rehab stint uh, and sore shoulder. He's been he's pulled from his rehab stint. So a lot of uh, just you know, it, it, a lot of uh, injuries that have contributed to the woes of the Reds. But to the people who say who use that as a, a, a given a given a break to management, well, they, how are they going to know that? All these players are going to be injured. Of course, they're playing bad. They didn't. You have to plan for that. You have to have depth. They did not. They had to have everything go right. They had to hope everyone was healthy. Hope is not a strategy. You want to talk about the Tyler Stevenson thing, Bill, and then we'll talk about the rest of this. Well, before that, is you're just saying the front office are the ones that put this roster together, put together the forty man roster, and they're they're thin as an eggshell. I mean, they cannot handle two guys, much less thirteen guys being hurt. But yeah, the Stevenson play to me, and I didn't see it live. I, I've been, I've seen the replay, uh, and yesterday for the first time I saw the replay from like the first base side, which which really saw you, you know, when he when he took it, his arms and drove his head into the ground. I don't think he did it on purpose, but I feel, still think it was a dirty play. And how the, how the umpires didn't get involved is is beyond me. Uh, it. it- yeah, it looked bad. That uh, that other uh, other angle looked awful. It looked like bad. a professional wrestling move. Yeah, and Tyler Stevenson was shaken. I mean, it yeah. was. Uh, I mean, he's a big old boy himself. 
<laughs> you know, yes, so um, I don't, I don't know how you can live with Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India being out at the same time and no one else hitting. Um, Nate, any thoughts on any of those? Uh, you know, it's like somebody gets hurt and somebody comes back and then somebody gets hurt. It's just, it, it's a disaster. Well, we didn't mention Max Schrock, you know, another guy that got hurt right there at the end of spring training. It's just, you, you need, you need bats and, I would love to complain about the lineup construction, but Bell's hands were tied. I guess I could sit here and get mad about Aquino all day long, but as bad as he's been, when it's it's been bad. Is there anybody else? The only argument I've got with Bell so far this year was in Molly's start last Molly's start last Sunday. He really left him out there to, to you know he was getting his brains kicked in and he didn't get anybody up. Uh, and when you got what what do they got forty two guys in the bullpen or something? In, the, in that uh, neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to let a guy out there get, get, getting his brains kicked in. I mean, and he just left him out there and left him out there and left him out there. And, and I think he'd given up five runs before he even got anybody up. Uh, well, to, to, in his defense, not that uh, he needs me defending him, uh, he did – he is having, you know, kind of uh, flashbacks from last year's bullpen where you just – you couldn't go to the bullpen. Maybe that was maybe that was it. He was, he was terrified. Um. I don't know. You know, again, uh, you can't use this as a defense of uh, management. That, that the only reason the Reds are bad is because of all the injuries. Uh, but it is—it's a fact. The Reds have had a lot of injuries, and they can't withstand those injuries because of the the lack of depth. But this offense, yes, injuries, whatever. But this offense has been—you know—all the all the projection models. And I've been saying it here on the show. All the projection models. Maybe this is what you know you can say about the computers. You know, get rid of them. Um, the game was better before. Billy Bean ruined it, but um, all the co- computer projection I'll show this offense as being an above average offense, you know, in general. Uh, they're way worse than above average. They're terrible. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure what, what else you can you can say about them. I mean, it, start, it starts with Joey Votto. Joey Votto's been bad, and again, I'm never again going to uh, doubt Joey Votto after last year. I'm just going to assume that he's going to figure it out. But, man, it was interesting over the weekend, or I guess earlier this week out in San Diego, he went back briefly to that kind of choking up and crouching stance that he had in, you know, 2019 and the beginning of 2020. And then the next at bat, he's back to the one he's standing straight up. It's in his head a little bit. And, uh, again, I'll trust Votto to figure it out. But um, he's feeling the pressure. I think it's pretty obvious here. But he has to because who else is hitting? I mean, Tyler uh, – not Tyler, Even Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham was, you know, 0 for the season until he finally broke out out in San Diego. So he's got his average all the way up to a, a, a healthy 158, you know, um, OPS plus of 75. He's been awful. Um, you know, Aristides Aquino has now played in 11 games, and he is looks like the worst hitter I've ever seen in my life. He's had three golden sombrero games, four strikeout. It's a negative 28 OPS plus. I didn't know that was possible. That's what I was going to say. We've got three guys that are normal starters that have negative OPS plus numbers. I've never seen that before. I mean, we're only two weeks in and, you know, we're not going crazy here, but that's a bad start. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Nixon Zell and Mike Moustakas are the others. Um, boy, Moustakas has never been good as a red. Nate, I want to ask you, though, um, specifically two things. Number one, what are your thoughts on Aquino other than the negative? Uh, and also, who's the one red who has been 
pretty good on offense so far. There have been two, actually, that have been good. But Tyler Stevenson's out now. Tyler Stevenson has been fantastic. I'm, I have no qualms with Tyler Stevenson. But I'll ask who the other one is that's halfway decent. But first, Aquino. Did you say other than the negative? I have, I have to have <laughs> – There's more there's more analysis on that? you got to find something positive. There are people on Twitter that are willing to, you know, look at, look at his exit velocity. And I'm like, I don't care if he hits the ball 200 miles an hour if he hits one out of 30 pitches. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I got nothing good to say about Aquino. So if you need something good, bring bring a ringer in here or something. But, uh, <laughs> he's, he's done what two guys out at the plate. He has. And he seems like a guy. I don't know. You know, um, boy, he's been bad. It's, and if someone posted that his stats. If you exclude that August where he all world oh, yeah. from his career, that he's been. Far, far, far below average. I mean, like really bad sense. And, and you know, this is this is kind of the the, the argument that we've had with about the Reds for years is they they grab a hold of one little thing and they hang their hat on it with a player for years, not really you know not wanting to admit that that one little thing was a you know was a, a blip. It's not a trend; it's a blip. Yeah, and. He had hit well that whole year in AAA, but it was that one year. He was never productive other than that year. And, you know, I, I, at this point, it's time to cut bait. But, Nate, who's the only other – other than Stevenson, who's the only other player that is just – frankly, we got to say he's the best player in Cincinnati. Who is it? It's got to be the farm dog, right? <laughs> right. Greatest player in the Reds' history, even with an 0-4 day. Still, got that 108 OPS plus, uh, you know, robust 702 OPS, so let's not get too wild. But the power hasn't shown up yet. It'll come. It always comes. It always comes for Kyle Farmer. Well, the other the other one uh, before he went on the COVID list, Tyler Naquin's been playing pretty pretty good ball. Yeah, if we're being serious, Tyler Naquin has been swinging a really nice bat. The uh, late night Red Talk guys were talking about him being a target for a, uh, to lock up for you know, a couple years, three years. Yeah. And uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts on that. Chad says no. I agree with Chad. We, I mean, if, if, if they're going to do what they say they're going to do and build from within, he's not the guy you want to sign for two or three years. You got you, you better have somebody coming up that can play the outfield. Give that money to California. Basically, yes. Yeah. What, I, what I would say is Tyler Naquin is a strictly a platoon player, and he's a nice player to have. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like Tyler Naquin a lot, actually. I was, I was happy when they signed him. I thought he had, he brings a lot to this team, and when he's hot, he's like otherworldly hot. When he's not, he's otherworldly cold. But he's strictly a platoon player. I, yeah, okay, you sign him for a couple of years, maybe the resume bad anyway. I don't. If you get him cheap, I guess that's fine. But yeah, man, I, is he a core guy on any yeah, major league team? He shouldn't be. I mean, he should be a, platoon, a good platoon guy. Everything's price dependent. I mean, if you get him cheap for a couple of years while you're while you're waiting for guys to be ready. Okay, because like you said, this team isn't going to be good in two years. Well, I guess uh, to, to Nate's point, maybe two years, you know, I don't mind having Tyler Naquin around the next two years. They're, you know, he's – he's I like cheering for the guy because when he's hot, he's fun, you know. So, whatever. I, I, I wouldn't – I don't know. I'm not breaking the – well, I'm not breaking anybody's bank um, so for a Tyler Naquin. All right, so uh, I don't know. Um Nixon Zell? No, let's not. Let's not. Let's answer some viewer mail questions. No, actually, before we do that, I wanted to mention, Bill pointed this out to me, and uh, Lance McAllister is, uh, you know, the, the local radio schmo who, uh, I shouldn't say that. He's been nice to me. Um, that was, that was kind of rude, but he, he posted something on his uh, Facebook page, 
And talking about, uh, I'll try to summarize it here. We get caught up in Major League Baseball payroll disparity, TV money, market size, et cetera. So, um, and says, okay, if you want to argue that the, you know, the Reds are going toe-to-toe with the Yankees and the Mets and the Dodgers, that's not going to happen. Um, he said the problem is the Reds aren't competing with, you know, and beating teams with similar market size. And he's talking about the Cardinals and the Brewers. And, um, you know, the, the Cardinals are slightly larger market size. The Brewers slightly, uh, yeah slightly smaller market size and both the Cardinals and the Brewers have eaten the Reds alive since the Castellans have owned the team. And it's not even close. And I think that's the ultimate point uh, that he was making. Bill, you, you sent that to me. Um, it's pretty stark okay. when, you look, when you look at them in, in kind of teams in similar circumstances. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I thought was interesting is I think he said in this, or maybe it was a different article where I read this, but they were talking about the Reds front office. Oh, we want to be the Tampa Bay Rays. We want to be the Rays. And, and the other thing I remember the reading is, we got it, you know. The Brewers are a much, or, or at least as good an idea as the as the Rays are, and a lot closer to home, because uh, they've been less. They've paid their players a lot less than we have over the last. What was what? He gave a head on there, Chad. Do you remember what it is? How many years that that we've had a higher payroll than the Brewers did? I can't remember what the number was. Out of yeah, those years. Yeah, the Reds were higher than the Brewers eight of the, eight of sixteen seasons. So basically, about the same, both of them. In the last three or four. Five when the Brewers have been really good, they've right. had a less less payroll. Uh, you know, so people that say you have to spend a billion dollars to have a competitive team, you don't. You just have to be smart in the front office, and the Brewers prove that. Well, the Brewers had this guy David Stearns. Um, uh, it's now Matt Arnold, but uh, David Stearns was their general manager. Who this guy is just a, a, good, a really sharp GM. That's the thing. The Reds. The here, here's the thing, actually. The Reds or the Brewers committed to him and committed to a path. People say, well, you, Bob Castellani, you know, they're not at the bottom of the league in spending money. It's not all about spending money. It's that sometimes they want to spend money, sometimes they don't. But every two years, they switch, change strategies between spending and not spending. And that's how the, why the Reds are never competitive. The Brewers stuck with a strategy, and you can win. The Rays stuck with a strategy, and if it's a good strategy and you got the right people in place to execute it, you can win without spending like the Yankees. You don't have to. The Reds have never done it, and that's all because of leadership in the owner, owner's box. It's all because they refuse to. They keep meddling, and they refuse to uh, stick to a plan. Nate, thoughts? Nothing major. Just uh as fans, don't don't buy into this lip service that uh, Phil wants to give us. That no, we're doing the best we can. We uh, we don't have the resources. We don't have the payroll. We don't have the the market for it. Other teams are doing it because they're more well run. Simple as that. Yeah. If your name is Castellini, you should not be making baseball decisions. That's something. If you go back and listen to that uh, golf podcast, <laughs> something they said earlier in that show was that one of the guys worked for the Reds, uh, not the guy that was talking mostly, it was the other guys with him, worked for the Reds during uh, when Wayne Krusky was there. And he was like, I remember that guy, He that casting, he was like in the marketing department or something. And he was kind of a, you know, and then I see the picture of him with the, the sunglasses and the red blazer. And he said, look like he's a, a villain out of central casting. He's like, who's, is that the same guy? That was in the marketing department? Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man. Let's, uh, let's answer some questions here. Uh, if we can, uh, these questions are going to come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront sensi, patreon.com slash riverfront sensi. You too can join us. And we had a couple of new members join the family this week. Excited about that. So we want to give you a quick shout out. And uh, also let's, uh, let's uh, name where you are on our uh, beer league softball team. First comes to our guy. I know where this guy's playing. I, I, 
I'm going to let you guys uh, tell me, but I think we're all going to agree on this one. Charlie Browning. Charlie Browning, welcome to the Patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, the Riverfront family. Bill, Charlie Browning. Where's he, where's he playing on the Billy softball team? Left-handed starter, man. He's a left-handed starter. He's a pitcher. No, no question. He has to be, he's right? Tom, hey, he's Tom's brother. He's, he's Tom's younger and much more handsome brother <laughs> and probably more sober brother. Uh, where, where, does he sit? where does he sit when the beer league team plays at Wrigley? <laughs> That's right. When, if he's when not pitching, team. he's across the street. That's right. <laughs> yes. Charlie, my man, thank you so much for joining us. Look forward to getting to know you a little bit in our Slack channel. You should have an invite waiting for you if you haven't accepted it already. Next is uh, our next member of our beer league softball team, Michael Keffer. K-E-F-F-E-R. That's a new name to me. Michael Keffer. Um, Nate, I'll let you. Where, where do you think uh, Michael's playing on our beer league softball team? I think Michael is a, a slick fielding second baseman with 20-plus uh, home run power. But uh, really holding, it down, holding it down up the middle turns a mean double play. Maybe like a, a Brett Boone type maybe? You know, but a longer career. Longer career. Brett, a Brett Boone type without the steroids but still some pop. Oh, I mean, I don't know that he used to. I shouldn't say that. That's awful. I shouldn't smear somebody like that. Now, but. Michael, on the beer league team, we encourage you to take steroids. Oh, it's mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it's mandatory. Because that way you can carry the keg in for the parking lot. Exactly. The keg. <laughs> right, yes. So, uh, Charlie, Michael, both of you, thank you so much. Appreciate you joining up with the, the family. We try to have a good time, and I think you'll find in our Slack channel – um, we are always laughing and having a, having a good time. You do have to deal with some of our uh, uh, more eccentric members, <coughs> Joe Farson, but um, it's still it's still a fun time. And so, uh, and look forward to getting to know you and the rest of you all. You know, uh, Michael and Charlie both they did this uh, thing where you can sign up for a full year and it's a you get a discount on it. They both did that, and we really appreciate uh, you joining the family because we're having some fun here these days. This 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 family's growing. It's uh it's. It's been crazy the last month to see what's happened since uh, since you all made that billboard happen. <laughs> so anyway, let's answer some questions. These come from, again, as I said, from our friends at Patreon. First comes from Joe Farsing, my favorite uh, patron. His question is this. What are you guys watching on television? And if you haven't yet, you should watch The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV. The Shrink Next Door. I've never even heard of that. Have you all heard of that? No. But I did look it up when I saw that question. And it's up next. Well, Apple TV has uh, one great show, Ted Lasso. They have another one on there that I think Ben Stiller direct that people keep telling me about, Severance or something like that. Everybody keeps telling me that that's great. Uh, the, the other one that they have on there that's really good, it's between seasons right now, is For All Mankind. It, it's a, a retro space look at, a space program where yeah. the Russians beat us to the moon. And, mm. and it's a it's a very interesting, interesting and well-done show. Uh, I canceled my Apple Plus till it comes back, and then I'll, I'll re-get it again. Uh, I did, I'll answer I this. With, first. I did the same with Ted Lasso. So anyway, I, I, yeah, um, I'll answer this first. We have been watching uh, here at the Lack House. Uh, we've been binging WKRP. We're in the, we're in the fourth season. Um, I've been watching the fifth season, rewatching the fifth season of Better Call Saul, getting ready for the new season of that. And then uh, and Netflix, my wife and I have been watching Last Tango in Halifax. It's a British series. You just you made that up. That doesn't exist. Nate, what what are you watching? I just wrapped up the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> um, is that about is that about the is that about hobbits? Or what's, what's that about? I, you're, you're a big oh, hobbit I don't, guy. I don't, I don't talk hobbits on this podcast anymore. <laughs> Feel that slander. 
<laughs> um, sometimes when the when the old lady lets me, uh, or actually when oh, she doesn't, when she doesn't let me, it's uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> that's uh, that's her go-to. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, that, that's that's it. We're, we're ready for the next prestige show. Well, well Nate, I got to ask you now. Did you watch that new one on? I think it's on Disney Plus. The uh, the the split personality guy. No, I don't think so. I, my son got me to watch the first couple episodes, but I can't even remember the name of it now. It's the split it, it's personality. In, it's, in, guy? it's in the Mar it's in the Marvel Universe thing. I, I can't oh, the uh, the like Moon Knight or something. Yeah, that's the one. It's, I, it's, it's strange. Knight. It's strange. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Chad. What what stupid thing are you watching that'll be like two hours of wasted time for anybody? Yeah, that understood a single word you all have said for the last couple minutes. Um. Yeah, I'm not watching any shows right now. Well, we we did start rewatching The Sopranos. We're in season three, but we don't we yeah we don't watch them all. We don't do binge watching really. So I, well, I'm not watching TV shows right now. But I will I will say this: There's a couple things. ESPN 30 for 30 documentary they just dropped called Shark, and it's about Greg Norman and his collapse Ooh. in the 1996 Masters. And he goes back to Augusta and plays the same pin positions and. It's by the guy who did the Last Dance, the, the Michael Jordan documentary, and it's kind of similar. He's have Greg Norman watching his collapse, and it's 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 really good. Um, those, are always, those are always good, even, yeah. if, even if you're not real interested in the subject. They're they're interesting to watch. Yeah, you don't have to be a big golf fan to really enjoy that. It's a good one. The, the other thing I've watched here um, that I want to mention because I have an opportunity now. Again, I'm sorry, it's not television, but. I saw a movie last week that just blew my mind. Bill won't like it um, because he's not cultured enough. That's probably true because licorice pizza was two hours of my life. I will never get back. And my we're wife not talking about that because Nate doesn't necessarily agree with me on licorice pizza either. So we're not going to get into that. I didn't uh, necessarily dislike it. I just didn't think it was the best movie I saw. Right. I get it. I didn't think it was the best movie I saw that day. Oh my goodness. Well, this movie is called, and Bill, you don't want to watch this one, but it's okay. called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it stars Michelle Yao. It stars the guy who played uh, Short Round on Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom way back uh, when. And it is a two hour thrill ride that I cannot describe. I was sitting, actually sitting last night at a ball game with, with uh, one of our other brothers trying to figure out how you would describe the movie. And we could, it's just, it's hilarious. It's, it makes you cry at times. It's, completely absurd sometimes it's it's the weirdest movie I've ever seen and it is amazing it really is fantastic so if it's not nominated for best picture um and if Mich michelle yao is not nominated for um best actress i, I don't know what, the, what we're even doing here so anyway there we go um i'm not gonna watch the shrink nest door though joey gaditza hey guys as mr joe farsing said best since phil opened his escargot hole the Reds haven't won a game. My question is, if it had been Bob himself asked those same questions, no way even he butchers it that bad, right? Uh, I think I would. what I would say is Bob will never again, Bob Casting will never again answer questions that are not scripted out ahead of time. And that's we don't need to go too much further into that except to say that it's never going to happen again. And um, I don't think he'll ever do another live interview. I don't either. So we're stuck with Phil is what we're saying. Or or what's his name? Yeah, Phil or Phil or Nick Crawl or oh gosh, or uh, what's what's the guy's name that doesn't like us? Um, <laughs> but buddy, you going? That's a long list. You're well, the, guy to, the, PR, the guy in the PR department that has never been very. I can't remember his name. 
That's a big. Impression. Well, we're not going to mention his name because he did do me a, a service uh, in helping me to interview Joey Votto. So uh, he may be coming around. Uh, so, I, of course, you had the magazine behind you when you were trying to do that. I did, and he wasn't aware of the billboard yet. So, <laughs> so who knows? Maybe now with the uh, specter of a billboard threatening from behind, he'll. Uh... <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll put up a billboard about you, dude. I'm not going to mention his name. He doesn't deserve it. So um, I, I, I thought of his name now, but I won't say it either. Yeah, let's not. Okay, Jace Linford has a really good question that we could probably spend a long time talking about. We don't have a long time here, but I, I think it's a really great question. Jace Linford, discussion. Is Eugenio Suarez a Cincinnati Reds Hall of Famer? I bet we all agree. The answer is yes. No, right, I, don't think, I don't think he is. Ooh, well, make make your case. I just he wasn't he wasn't here long enough. Didn't do enough. I you know he hit a lot of home runs, uh, but not for that long. I, I think he's borderline, but I I I wouldn't vote for him. Here's what I'll say, and then Nate, if you have anything to say, I'll, here's what 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 I, I've got two words. Ron Oster. Just because you make one bad choice doesn't mean you make another bad choice. The 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 bar has been lowered, and Eugenio Suarez had one of the best seasons in any yeah. Red Star baseman's ever had. He hit more home runs in a season than any Red Star baseman ever has. I th- and and the other part of it is extremely popular guy. So I think he does get in. Now I'm not suggesting it's a shoe in. That wasn't the question. All right, I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's it's a close call. Yeah, but I think he's absolutely a Red Sox. I would not. I would not be, in, you know, infuriated if he got in. It wouldn't. I mean, because he's a wonderful player. He's he's a great guy, apparently, you know, and all that. But on the merits, no, I wouldn't vote for him. Good vibes only, Bill. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, on merit alone, I'm not so sure. Would love to see it, but um, I can certainly envision a scenario where attendance is down and has been down for a while, and. They need a way to get some people back in there for a weekend series. Here's what I think they should do. Pick a day that uh, the Reds are playing and the Mariners are not, and just go ahead and induct uh, Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. Just bring them back in their Mariners uniform. There it is. And Reggie Sanders. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's the the biggest snub. Um, Absolutely. Friend of the podcast, J- Reggie Sanders. Um, Nate, I got to uh, – because so, so we don't, don't always mention what's behind you, but it looks like that's a, you're making a comment on the University of Virginia Cavaliers there behind you on your uh, whiteboard. I didn't. You know, I felt like you were getting unjustifiably attacked, so I wanted to show some solidarity for you. That's not what that means. Come on, FC Cincinnati, baby. Let's go. Yeah, they, they even won the other night. Of course, they were Tell playing. A, they were playing a double A team or whatever. You got to root for a winner. You got to find one, yeah. So you got to find one because they ain't winning a whole lot. They're they're playing better soccer this year than they did last year. I yeah. Well, we're we'll start our FC Cincinnati podcast at some point. Uh, <laughs> Bengals next. Florence Yalls after that, then uh, FC Cincinnati maybe. Still waiting on next question. What's that, Nate? So we're still waiting on your movie podcast. Yeah, no one, no one wants that. James Urban, why have we not talked about social media legend Joey Votto more? Every single post has been incredible. What do you guys want to see next from him on the socials? Now, I'll say this, that I, that I absolutely agree with you, James. I've really gotten a kick out of watching Joey Votto. But I'll tell you this, my teenage son, who loves the Reds, who loves Joey Votto unconditionally, he said, Dad, it's it's pretty cringe. <laughs> his His social media stuff is pretty cringe i don't even know what that means yeah well cringe worthy that's what the kids say these days what do you think nate 
You can tell how slow of a start Votto's off to when he's been referred to as social media legend Joey Votto. <laughs> yeah, not Hall of Famer Joey Votto. I know, I know what I want to see him do. I want to see him pie Phil Castellini. Oh, my goodness. You know, if Phil, had, ever? if Phil Castellini had one sense of, uh, you know, he's so, he has no self-awareness, as you could tell from the second interview he gave where he doubled down in his comments when he was given, being given a chance to apologize, he has no self-awareness. But if he had any sense at all, I mean, that really would be a big, that would be a, a huge deal. He could, you know, at least uh, kind of start to moderate his public image a little bit by letting Joey Votto do that. That's, that's not a bad PR idea. We, we're just, we're handing that off to the Reds, so. All right, next, Kyle Kapler. How many Reds front office people does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> well, all of them, and they'll turn it, still screw it the wrong way. Also, odds of one or both of Molly, Tyler Molly, Luis Castillo traded this summer. Now, I'll say this. I think the odds are very good that one of those two, Tyler Molly or Luis Castillo, are traded this summer. I think the odds are 70%. Who wants to tell me that I'm wrong? Please, somebody tell me that I'm, tell me I'm wrong. I want to. Me I hope I'm wrong. Who stopped that? <laughs> but do you, what do you think, Nate? What do, what, what do you think the odds are one of them will be traded? Do you, do you buy I, it? I don't think they can take the PR hit right now. I think they will just ride it out and let uh, you hope for things to kind of blow over before they do anything big. It's a point because after all the, the nasty PR, after trading Winker and trading Sonny Gray, they decided, again, we talk about them changing paths every two years. Well, there they changed paths within a week. Said, oh, we better go sign somebody so we can say that we're really trying. You're right. They might not want to do that right now. Yeah, I, I was going to – I wasn't going to raise that issue earlier. Do, do that, does anybody believe that the plan after they cut all that money was to come back and then spend more money? No. I don't, I don't believe that either. I think once they realized how big a – like you said, a PR – destructive path they were on they said oh well we got to bring we got to spend at least a little money and bring the payroll at least back up somewhat or, or there'll be nobody at the ballpark no i, so, I, I absolutely think it was in response to you know fan outrage crisis management right who do you yeah. think was in the background that goes i got it mike Miner." <laughs> <laughs> oh that had to be nick crawl oh have i got a solution for you Always thinking. I'm always thinking. <laughs> All right. The last few questions. Let's run through these. Um, Jerry Siduth, at this point in the season, the Ferrari F1 team has as many wins as do the Reds. This begs the question, can we get Ferrari to buy the Reds? Buy the team, Ferrari. I'm not an F1 guy, but a good friend of mine says, keeps telling me to watch this F1 documentary series on Netflix and says, you'll become an F1 fan if you watch it. I can't remember the name of it now, but... I started. I watched the first couple episodes. It's pretty good. I just, I don't. Know, I can't get back to that. How do you, how do you devote your time to something you know you got to give thirty hours to? Come on, I'm not doing that. But uh, that's it. Go back and listen to all the podcasts. Hit subscribe. Hit the like button. Vote all the hours. Exactly. Yeah, you need to go back and listen to every episode. Um. Yeah. By the team for I don't know. If there's not really a question there, which uh, that's fine. Um. I would love to get Ferrari or Mark Cuban or Elon Musk or someone to buy. The Reds. Anyone, please, that will actually give 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 the team a budget, put good people in place in the baseball ops department, and let them go to work and stay out of their business. And this, there's no what this city is just desperate for a for a winner. This team, this the city will come out and support that team, but it ain't gonna happen under Castellini. All right, Rich Thompson. 
Rich, once again, uh, again, Rich, we say this every week. Um, Rich gets a little bit wordy. We love him, but he likes words. Um, so let's, I'll try to run through this quickly. Imagine this, and this is difficult to imagine. The Reds, the home team, is the bottom of the ninth in a one-run ball game. I'm having a hard time thinking about the Reds actually being in a game. Two outs, runners in scoring position. Based on current performances, which player do you want to see come to the plate to deliver that clutch hit to tie or win the game for the Reds? This is the saddest uh, multiple-choice question I've had since about half the uh, SAT questions that I couldn't answer. Uh, A, Joey Votto, B, Brandon Drury, C, Kyle Farmer, or D, Tommy Pham? I mean, it's obviously Brandon Drury, right? I mean, if you just look at the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Farber. Come on, it's Joey Votto, but yikes. Brandon Drury. We've talked about Brandon Drury for each of the last, like, four episodes. Brandon Drury. That has to sound weird in my ridiculous accent, but. Oh, goodness. I picked on my Michael Keffer. Welcome, by the way, Mike. Uh, I'm sorry, you may be Michael, not Mike. But when Misakas, India, Solano, and Castino, Castillo return from injury, who on the active roster will be sent down, released, or possibly traded? Aquino's out of options and has struggled, but I'm sure a team will claim him on waivers. So what do the Reds do with him? Um, I'm not so sure that anyone will qu- claim Aristides Aquino. And I have to think Aquino is... Is, is gone. I mean, you know, guys like TJ Friedler are going to go. Alejo Lopez is going to go. Whether, I, think, I, think, I think Lopez should stay when those guys come back. But um, I I don't think anyone will claim uh, would claim Aquino. Am I wrong about that? What, Nate, what do you think? I don't see any evidence to suggest why a team should claim him. Um, I think we've got a handful of guys that we should just let walk if they're willing to. Yeah, like that Votto making too, so much money. Tick-tock your way out the door, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's, it's It happened again this week. Every time I mention Votto on social media, some Yahoo comes back at me with, he's making so much money that uh, that's the reason the Reds are bad. Twitter. Never tweet. Bill, any thoughts on that? No. It, 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 my question is, does it really matter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who they send down or who they release? I, I I'm not convinced it does. I mean, if a team really wanted him, could we attach Mustakas to salary? Can we talk about Mustakas? No, that guy has been awful since the day he arrived in Cincinnati. And I, listen, full disclosure, I was all for the signing. I, I thought it was, you know, I didn't think he was going to be a superstar, but I thought he fit well with a as a second baseman on a team that didn't have a second baseman pre India and uh, a little bit of pop. I thought he could be an average hitter. He's been a disaster, and again, we keep trying to figure out how to be polite and say this, but he does not look like a professional athlete. He reminds me of a guy from back in the 80s named Rick Russell, who looked or, like somebody's uh, uncle. Or, or, what was it, who was the guy who played for Philadelphia, for the uh, for the Phillies? Uh, John? Greg, Greg Luzinski? I, I wasn't thinking Luzinski. I think it uh, was his name. Grub, Grub, Grub. Vaughn Hayes? No. Anyway. <laughs> But Great Vaughn Hayes reference in, uh, in an episode Mr. of Moustakas looks more well, like, like he fit in on our Sunday uh, beer softball team. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need to come back. Nate, you're a big Vaughn Hayes fan, right? <laughs> I mean, if, if Moose wants to use some of that salary to join the Riverfront Patreon family and get a spot on the beer league softball team, suddenly we, I'm a fan. We yeah. can find a place for him. 
He had to be DH. Not third base. Not in the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Moose. Would it be better to have an actual Moose? sit next to me by the beer tap. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Would it be better for the Reds if, when Moustakas is healthy, the Reds instead bring an actual Moose onto the roster? Bullwinkle. <laughs> Best question. Bullwinkle. We're getting loopy. we got to finish this one up. Now playing third base for the Cincinnati Reds, Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle, oh, Jay wow. Moose. <laughs> Rocky the Flying Squirrel is the DH tonight. Oh, my goodness. Dudley Do-Right, a.k.a. Joey Votto, playing first base. Nathan Sturworth, his final question tonight, which move by Nick Bull in a China cabinet crawl was the dumbest? First of all, I, I, we have to keep going back to the fact that Phil Castellini said Nick Crawl was a bull in a china shop and intended it as a compliment. It's a good thing, yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. So, Nate, I'm going to ask you to answer this question. Which of these uh, moves by the bull – was uh, the dumbest trading for Noe Ramirez? Remember, they traded Rosella Glacius for Noe Ramirez. Uh, trading for an injured Mike Miner, trading for an injured Justin Dunn that was in the uh, Jesse Winker deal, signing Sean Doolittle. I will listen to no Sean Doolittle slant slander or signing Hunter Strickland. Which of those are the, the worst of Nick Crawl? I'm only mildly sure that two of those people actually like played major league baseball, yeah, exist. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is no way Ramirez. Although I don't know that I blame Nick Crawl for that. I mean, it's trying to get the uh, – actually, I do blame him because I can't believe you can't get more for Rosella Iglesias than that. Just as we saw with uh, the Wade Miley deal where he tried to shop him around. Everybody's like, no, sorry. Uh, we're not going to give you anything for Wade Miley. and so Because they knew that he was going to – he'd have to release him. release him anyway. Yeah, we're going to have to pick up the uh, – Nick Crawl's not exactly, you know, playing 8D chess there in the Reds' front office. That poker face. Please, please, please. <laughs> no way Ramirez. Legendary red. No way Ramirez. All right. Bill, any final thoughts for us? The Reds will win a game before the season's over. Hot take. Nate, do you have any other equally uh, equally uh, caustic takes to, to drop on our listeners? <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed this podcast this uh, last hour hour plus more than I have the last thirty plus innings of Reds baseball. So there's there's that. Can I just say, Nate? Uh, it's rare that you make a good point here, but uh, <laughs> um, watching the Reds this week has not been fun. We 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 follow baseball because baseball's fun. It's a it's a diversion. We try to have fun with it baseball this week as a Reds fan has not been fun. And so I do, again, we've kind of complained a bunch here, but I do appreciate the fact that we can laugh and try to enjoy ourselves because, um, again, you just have to laugh. So Nate, congrats on finally saying something that uh, was, uh, was meaningful to the discourse here. 420 episodes. in. (laughs) First time. There we go. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to us um, and watching us. If you're, if you're at YouTube already, give us a like. Give us a, a sub, smash that subscribe button, right? YouTube.com slash Riverfront Sensi. Seriously, we're trying to build out the uh, the YouTube account, and, um, and and our numbers are growing steadily, so thank you all for doing that. But, uh, you know, a comment, we'll try to comment back, and uh, but certainly tell your friends about us as well. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with how we're growing, but uh, we want to keep growing it on on YouTube, as you can you always find us wherever you find us on your audio podcast, whatever podcast app you use, we're there. And our numbers, audio numbers are um, 
continue to do well. Um, certainly a lot more of you are listening uh, via audio, which I understand, but um, trying to grow the, the YouTube as well. So give us, give us a subscription if you, if you don't mind over there. It's, it's free. It's free. Now, we're also on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy on all those places. So you're on all those places, most of you. Well, it wasn't hurt you to just, you know, follow us. I mean, you know, come on. Just give us, give us a follow. And then if you want to really become part of the uh, the, the inner circle of the family, you can go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, and you can become, uh, you know, a part, of, a, part of the, a part of the family. We're having a lot of fun. Um, guys, this was a, an absolute blast. Thank you all for for joining us. Um, Bill, I mean, let me ask you a question. Who is the worst Cincinnati Red you've ever seen in your life? Oh gosh, I couldn't. I can't even pull in it. Alex Trevino, I, and I don't even know why I say that. For Bill Lack, Nate Dotson, and Alex Trevino, <laughs> this is Chad Dotson saying, "So long, everyone." 